a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How's it going, Trevor? Uh, What are we doing? We are going to continue with our what three words (gasps) uh, prompts. Awesome. This week, so those of you who have listened before might know about this one, uh, or you might have missed all those episodes where we used these prompts because uh, we often use different prompts. But in this case, we are using what3words.com, uh, which essentially gives us three words based on a latitude and longitude, which is randomly picked uh, across the world. And uh, we will turn those into game designs, video game designs. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, so, Trevor, what three words? Roller coaster providing systematic. <laughs> okay, so we did we did automation games last week, or we at least did one. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just sort of trying to move away from that for this one. Yeah, but a systematic roller coaster providing something like the systems around a roller coaster still appeal to me to some degree. So maybe it's more of a uh, a world building sort of thing rather than the main gameplay being like building these roller coasters. Maybe this is a world where just roller coasters are used as transit. <laughs> <laughs> With loops and shit. <laughs> With loops and stuff. Um, you can like switch between tracks like at intersections and things onto different roller coasters where you can't slow down. Yep. But you can like- you literally you sit you sit down you know you got your briefcase and you you put that into the little briefcase compartment that yep. locks in you pull down you your, pull down you think your safety yep your safety harness the safety harness get that get that all locked in locks into, place, into place and then you're holding on for dear life and you know <laughs> that's this is how you get to work, work. like corkscrew it's like it's like oh shit i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take the express which is like all the the corkscrews and like more intense uh it's the express because it goes up super high first and then just barrels all the way down and (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's a 20 minute like rise but then the next (laughs) (laughs) but then it's right at the bottom it's at the bottom of it, it just goes off in like twenty different directions. That you're <laughs> are they are these like individual pods? Pods? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is what Elon Musk should have tried to build for public transit, not this bullshit hyperloop that just drives Teslas through it. Um, no. See, what he should have actually built is hypertubes, um, because hypertubes is just amazing. I mean, or he could have built roller coasters. With the ro- well, or maybe the maybe the roller coasters should go through tubes. Okay, so a roller coaster as transit, I yeah. love. Yeah. So you got timetables then, like you you know that um, you got to have the timetable for when well, that's know, something well, that, is going to well, go off on a different. If they're individual pods, then I feel like it's more you've got little bays where you you know hopefully there's an, hopefully there are free pods there. Um, the- or sometimes you can share with someone else, like you're both going to yeah, you this can place. Yeah, so- pool. Yeah. Yeah. Pod pool. Um, is this just then the background for a narrative? Probably, yeah. And are there other, like, theme park-related- <laughs> Related jobs. <laughs> related things or- Oh, yeah. I, I I do like the idea of, you know- this whole city, uh, all its economy is based off of theme parks. Like, right. 
Well, okay, but I think if we're continuing with this, like it's all theme park stuff, but it, none of it's for fun. None of it's for no, like, no, no, the thrill no. of writing. It's just your your job is to pack those show bags. Like right, right. You're a show bag packer. Yep. You work in a haunted house with a you know, and when you go to the the bathroom, you have to go through a hall of mirrors. Exactly. <laughs> just exactly. everything's built as uh, and theme parks. None of it is fun. It is all no. It is this is business. This is serious business. Serious business. Yeah. Um, it's how the economy runs. Yeah. And ooh, I, I like I like the idea that you know your whole thing is that you got to go get uh, talk to suppliers and that sort of stuff and get all the stuff. You know, real <laughs> menial, boring stuff. I love the you idea know. that just anything you buy, then you it comes in show bags. It's not like that's actually or, a huge part you, of the you, economy too. It's you, you, like you need groceries. You have to go and buy a groceries show bag, which gets yeah. you, you know, claims to be a hundred dollars worth of value for twenty five dollars of show bag. Exactly, and that's just the bread bag. You got to then yeah. buy the milk bag, milk bag that goes with that. Yeah. And and they don't the vi- just they do come they come with like you know three two liter bottles of milk, but then it also comes with like a stupid little shaker toy that's got the milk logo on it. Comes with some stickers. Um, some, you know, some lollies, most of the stuff that you don't actually want. It's actually really inconvenient. Yeah. Every time you buy this stuff. The, the worst one is actually the fruit and veggie bag because you do actually have to buy, like, the fruit and veggie bag literally comes with a fruit and a veggie, but it's randomly selected. Yeah. So, if so, you if you want, you know, 13 potatoes, you've got to buy 13 show bags and hope- And hope you get potatoes. potatoes. Absolutely. Because uh, I'm just picturing people coming home from the shops, <laughs> I guess, on the roller coasters. Um, or, you know, maybe they took the uh, the log flume uh, if they wanted, if they were able to risk getting their stuff wet. Uh, but just carrying, you know, handfuls of, of show bags- mm-hmm. um, all these different types of show bags just to get what they wanted. Yeah. Um, okay. So then what, who's our character? Like what is, what is, what is happening in this world that is worth making a game about at this point? I think that, uh, we've got the, the son of the original, like mayor of the town. Mm, okay. It's just this town. Yeah. Oh, well, it's city. Yeah. Um, mayor of the city. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, um, what, what exactly it could be called, like. The town. Um, yeah, or the city. Uh, the city. Um. I was thinking of theme parkville, which made me think, oh, parkville could, could be, you know. Right. But then that's just a place. <laughs> I mean, which is fine. Um, well, I guess is it sponsored by it? Like, is it a, is it a branded park t- slash city? Is you know is this like Warner Brothers movie city <laughs> <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> it's oh. like the MCU, the Marvel City Universe <laughs> slash, slash theme park. Uh, or no, I mean I kind of like keeping it more generic. Yeah. So it's Mayor Mayor Birdie Beetle. Uh, oh yeah. And you're his son, uh, Terence Beetle. Terence Beetle, <laughs> because uh, only only the father gets to have an alliterative name. Yeah. 
Or uh, your character actually changed his name by default because he didn't actually like his original name. Right, which was which was ba- Birdie, Barry, Barry Birdie Junior. Oh, Birdie, just Birdie Beetle Junior. Yeah, that and he's like, I don't want, I don't want to be. No, I don't want to be associated with my ridiculous father who turned a city into a theme park, mm. uh, even though the economy is booming. Yeah, so he he even you know changed changed the um the way that you you spell his last name. Like he's Ooh. changed it to, to be the same spelling as the as that famous band. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, the monkeys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But Just it's still it's still pronounced Beatle. Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so are you kind of like trying to are you trying to change things in this city? Are you realizing that like this is a ridiculously inefficient way to run a city, and even though it seems like it would be fun to live in a theme park all the time, it's really everyone's right. actually miserable. Mm. Uh, it's sort of trying to bring it down from the inside or something. You got like a I'm just of- I'm trying I'm trying to wonder whether like Bertie Beetle actually gets killed in the first act. Ooh, okay, gets assassinated. Yeah, and then you know you're being you're being tasked with you're now you're like to take over. There. Like, but you don't want out, to because you're like, finding out all this stuff about the city. The underbelly, mm-hmm. the seedy underbelly that happens in the the service tunnels and the broken rides. Mm. Are there, I know. Are there I... just fucking mascots everywhere? Are there people in <laughs> giant foam suits? Like, what is that? Like, do you have to, when you work at a shop or something, you have to, like, if you're a customer service role, you have to wear a stupid mascot suit. Yeah, you got to, you've Bernie at least got to wear a mask. You've at least got to wear at a mask. At the very least a mask. You have to be in character. It's like Disney cast members or whatever. You can't break character, but it's just like every fucking menial job. Mm. You get on, get in your roller coaster pod, scream your way to work, hope you don't throw up when you get there. And put then on your, put on your mask you, in the back room, and then come out and have to plaster. Well, on it's a not. Smile. It's not even putting it on the back room. You've got to get into the the secret tunnels behind all the shops, right? So you'll probably go. You'll go to work. Everyone. Everyone enters the building at the same time, then disseminates out and enters through their shops. Yeah, into and their then shops no one who them. works together actually knows who anyone is because you're all masked exactly. up. And, yeah, because yeah. you're all masked up and all that sort and of. And it's stuff. just so, more, you know. Uh, Realistic that way. The match keeps the magic. <laughs> really does. Hey, Ben, what three words? <laughs> Closes, wound, birders. So I think a birder is someone who, like, bird watches, right? Yeah. So definitely, like, a, a bird watching trip gone wrong. Ooh. Like a dark, dark kind of comedy. Like a like a fucking game of fiasco, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're out there in your bird watching group, and some shit goes down to the point that someone is mortally wounded, and everyone's trying to you know figure out what happened or who did it or save themselves or whatever. So, um, th- maybe this is like a Pokemon Snap esque yep. game starts like that. I like the idea of of it just being. A relatively mundane bird watching kind of game. You've got your characters, yeah. like if you, you, as you're looking for birds, you'll, you know, your partner will whisper, you know, whoever you, you is looking with you will kind of whisper to you and you'd have a little conversation back and forth and you talk about the birds and stuff. And then maybe through your binoculars, you like see some shit go down. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, in your group gets stabbed or- for, so, for some reason, my, my brain went to, you see two ravens and they're dealing crack. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's not. Okay. So you. <laughs> as a bird watcher, it's not just that you see, you're looking for birds and stuff in your group happens. It's that you find out that birds are actually plotting things <laughs> like. You're, you're finding the secret life of these birds. That's actually mm. kind of fun. I like, because <laughs> that's actually got an interesting arc to it then, right? Like it starts off as just, okay, you're just looking for birds, you know, particular types of birds. They're flapping around on the branches or whatever. And you go to a particular location. It's like, oh, I think I saw that bird, you know, in the hollow of that tree. Zoom in a bit further, turn on your night vision or whatever. And they're like cooking meth. <laughs> Or whatever, or like it's a yeah. fucking peacock brothel or something. I don't know. Um, it's like the it's the underbelly of the seedy underbelly of the bird world. Mm-hmm. And then as you're like discovering more of this, that's when something happens, and one of your people is attacked by you know, yeah, a raven or something. Okay, I'm gonna jump towards the end. Uh, yeah. The whole thing that goes down is you exit. You know, your house and there's just birds everywhere. A la very Hitchcockian, yeah. Hitchcock the birds. Yeah. And literally the end of the game is the is like that start scene of the or that all um it's just a parallel story as to this is actually what caused the birds to go crazy and, and turn <laughs> right, on so all it's the humans. A direct tie-in. It's it's a direct tie in. Um yeah. it just so happens that there's a seedy underbelly of of you know, yeah, this was like, this is the final thing. Like you, you found out, you figured it out. You, you, you like, uh, unveiled the murderous bird who happened well, to be, you know, a kingpin in their society. And then this is them like shutting you down. Yeah. They sent and, all their, but not just you, minions. but it's anyone else who, who had any contact with you. And right. I think early on in the game, you can have like that, uh, like the teacher sort of bump into you and, you know, you get some of like the teacher from the movie, the birds. Um, oh, I haven't <laughs> even seen it. I know the scene, but. Uh, basically, uh, you, you can have like a little bit of, a little bit of, um, connection between, you know, different characters, uh, from Hitchcock's The Birds that you didn't really realize. I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know. You can, you can tie it in. I like, kind of like the idea of, it in a it's, way. that it's more just that it is tied in, but in the fact that like this shit is what goes down. This is what happens. Yeah. Uh, implying then that, yeah, whatever happened in, in The Birds, like that this, there's, there was a reason for it. It was actually that the mob birds got pissed off and sent all their henchmen. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking about because of because of this idea is absolutely brilliant mm. is that essentially the birds have been supplying drugs to um like the neighboring towns and all that sort of stuff. To so the birds or the humans in the those birds. towns? The yeah, birds but-, but to the humans. To the humans, yeah. Through um through like different uh different schemes that they they managed to get it out so that they basically hid who was supplying um you know through shell companies and all this sort of stuff. but but essentially they've got, they've got a well, huge I, kinda, I love the idea of like you're on a stakeout because i feel like this so much of this game takes place looking through binoculars at the first just as you're discovering mm-hmm. all of this and then later as you're trying to like unravel it all 
you're watching a drug deal go down in a back alley. You see like a, a shady dude in a coat and a hat. Someone comes up, buys drugs from him, leaves the alley, and then just a flock of birds flies, birds out, of flies co- out, of the- out of the coat. Yeah, yeah. The coat falls to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you, you see a, a limousine just sitting sitting there, and you haven't seen anyone get in or out of it, but when you when you switch on that night vision mode- you see a raven just sitting on top of the um on top of the steering wheel. Steering wheel, wheel. yeah. And there's like you know that it can't it can't hit the pedals, but somehow those pedals have been hit. Like yep. there's more birds in there than what you than what you think. <laughs> like oh, there's just so many cool places that you could go with this. Well, you just start noticing birds on the shoulders of like all the politicians and it's or it's, like not not necessarily not necessarily on their shoulders. This that might be a bit obvious, but just like. Hanging out behind them very the, the, ominously. The latest prime minister of Australia, because this is set in a, a- Yeah, why not? Like, I don't know. I can't even remember where the original Birds movie was set, like, so. Probably not Australia, but. Probably not Australia, but. That's fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, that's, ha- that's how loose we are with this, this podcast. I don't think we, we need go, to be beholden to the throwaway idea that it ties into the movie The Birds. To the movie The Birds. It's just a they worldwide. They just have, they have mobs, they have organized crime birds there too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the latest prime minister, he's, he's doing a, a speech in, and you see right beside him, like, a parrot in a cage. And <laughs> I nearly said an emu. <laughs> Since we're going to Australia, like we have some pretty big birds. It's yeah, a kookaburra. It's, like a it's just laughing. It's oh, a kookaburra yeah. that's just laughing. I think laughing. the kingpin's definitely like a kookaburra. A kookaburra. Yeah. A lot of the henchmen and stuff are magpies because they're definitely doing the dirty work. Um, you know, emus are good for their like, yeah, messengers fast. Um, I mean, you've got the cassowary as well, which is a, that's a big ass freaking bird. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that, yeah. And yeah, cassowaries and emus working together, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm imagining that the cassowaries are literally like the henchmen. Like, cause they're, they're the ones that'll really fuck you up. They're, they're, they're literally the heaviest bird in Australia. Yeah, they're like the assassins. Yeah. I definitely want a scene where you're, like, driving away from, uh, like, multiple cassowaries and they're slamming the side of your car. A la, you know, uh, Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean, they're you basically know. the closest <laughs> thing that is to, like, birds that dinosaurs are still dinosaurs. Um, yeah. Cool. Hey, Ben. No. Trevor. No. What three words? No. Your turn. My turn. <laughs> Give me some words. Cre- creamier. Lactose. Anymore. Creamier? Creamier. Creamier lactose. Yep. Anymore. Anymore. Anymore creamier lactose? <laughs> Could this lactose be any more creamier? Um, <laughs> I just went into Chandler Bing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Milk and cream based gameplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what comes to mind is that lactose actually causes problems for a lot of people. Mm. So, the idea of- I find, you know, a good a good milk is, that has lactose in it usually is quite creamy compared to if you take out that lactose, it, it loses some of the creaminess. Yeah. So, maybe there's a scientist who's looking into how can we make milk 
more creamy while removing lactose. While still removing the lactose to work for lactose intolerant people. Um, okay. Are they going about this through genetically engineering different mammals <laughs> to see which will produce creamy lactose-free milk? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Gi- giraffe milk just happens to be, be the, the creamy right consistency. But but people don't like the taste because it's like yes, it's creamy, but it's, it's but it's also like leafy. It's very yeah. kinda Yeah. Doesn't have the same And so is that what they're trying to is that what he's trying to engineer it? He's out? realizing that lactose really adds to the flavour. <laughs> <laughs> So he's done all his work to try to make this lactose-free milk to just realise, actually, we do need lactose. So maybe we can just work on lactose not, you know, causing problems for people. <laughs> so he lets all the giraffes go free. I'm going to click again because that's a piece of shit. <laughs> and that one is going to get completely launched into the stratosphere. Yeah, sure. It I never happened. I like the idea of just a free giraffes out into the city. Ooh. Trevor, what three words? Resurrected. Receptor. Billionth. Ooh. Okay. It definitely feels like some sort of neurology thing, perhaps, or like I'm thinking receptors in the brain, yep. especially with billions of them. Which is essentially resurrecting people and we don't know why Ooh, or it's like neural network like technology like ai when when we finally get to the point where we can add that billionth receptor in the in the virtual brain mm-hmm. we realize that we can now yeah like resurrect people by reading their brain waves at death or whatever a la upload. <laughs> yeah, Which I is- mean, a la many, yeah, many yeah. sci-fi sorts of ideas. But Or, I mean, well, with resurrection, I wonder then, do we discover that it doesn't, they don't have to be alive for us to get the last, like, imprint. It's actually physically there as long as we can get a, a part of their brain, maybe. Obviously, it's not going to be that many, many brains are intact. <laughs> That long after death, <laughs> they, I they, suppose. They, they, they turn into goop within, you know, sort of two, three weeks. So you've got, you've got, yeah, like but as two long weeks, as you get a spoonful like- of the goop, you can, you can like recreate their final brain state, at least to like, you know, 95% accuracy. So they might be a bit homicidal when they are resurrected, but they're in the computer. So it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's something interesting there for like this technology that allows you to, after someone has died, bring them back as a virtual person, a virtual consciousness. But I know, they're I, not quite right. There, there's there's something about like all these people that you know got their got their selves um, frozen and all this sort of stuff. I kind of like the idea that it's like, oh, we found out that. No, you it, you have to have actually been alive when we took the brain scan. Uh, it the fact that we cut off their head uh, means that like we couldn't we couldn't save them. I mean, I just like uh, that is this. I think that's sort of the standard way that it's often done. I just was with the resurrection idea. I feel like having an option there for like maybe yeah, this, maybe this wasn't it. Maybe this maybe there is an established technology kind of like upload where yes, if you read it while they're alive, you get a perfect replication of their consciousness. Mm-hmm. But this is now like someone who is pirating the technology because and they're like they're doing this- it's ninety five to ninety nine percent accurate yeah, depending on it. how uh, how like, long they've got a new they've got a new thing um, that 
yeah, like allows them to essentially kind of break down the physical neurons and extrapolate from, you know, any piece of brain matter what the actual consciousness, you know, would have looked like. Because mm-hmm. there's some, I know you fucking techno babble out of it, right? Like brains, yeah. turns out brains are fractals. And so any, <laughs> any part of the brain you get, you can extrapolate what the whole brain was like. Um, but and yes, the consci- not- the consciousness is actually just, you know, it's an aura. <laughs> <laughs> it lives in the cracks of the fractal. Yeah. Um, so as long as you can recreate that fractal, you get the other consciousness. Uh, you only need one cell of the brain to, to survive. That's it. For it. Yeah. But then I do like, it's almost a pet cemetery kind of thing then of. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I could, I could see this playing out with like, it, it is a world where there's just all p- screens everywhere. Or that, that have people's faces on them. Cause these are the people mm-hmm. who have, you know, successfully transferred. Um, but then, yeah, you start finding out about this underground technology and you start coming across people who are a bit glitchy on their screens or they, you know, things change. And I kind of like the idea of just interacting with regular people and then just like virtual people and it's part of life. But yeah, there's this sinister kind of thing that starts building for those who you know have heard this word fractal and want and want to know a little bit more about it i recommend looking into some of the mandelbrot like uh fractal zooms yeah that people have worked out because they are just gorgeous things in that oh fractals are cool cool ideas um I watched a tiktok the other day of someone talking about this um i can't remember what the term was uh but demonstrating sort of one of the ways that fractals come about are this particular feature of mathematics, essentially. And they got so fucking excited just talking about it. It was really cool to, mm-hmm. to, to see that they were just so enamored by this mathematical principle. Yeah. Um, it was really nice. It is so cool. Uh, ben, what three words? Databanks. <gasps> Eclairs. Ooh. Clan. Ooh. Yes, I, I'm 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 imagining a world in which databanks are uh all, all data is stored on with chocolate goods. <laughs> Cause it turns out that like it's it's cheaper than crypto <laughs> to store all the data. <laughs> this is web four. Eclair based yep. technology. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, and obviously the different flavoring of the cream filling depends, determines, you know, what sort of, um, what sort of data is in I'm there. I'm just picturing and- all these fucking eclairs with like el- electrodes or something poked into each side of the, the cream. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, that they, they're essentially used, uh, as, yeah, as some sort of storage mechanism. They're used as transistors basically in these massive. Well- the, the craziest Warehouses. thing is they need to keep this microbe free and bacteria free because oh, otherwise yeah. they've got huge eclair data centers database. Yeah, otherwise otherwise the eclairs, you know, they, they start to break down because yeah. the bacteria attacks them. Yeah. These these are like when when they bake these eclairs, they are baked in, you know, a effectively like a vacuum. 
Yeah. Like, there is nothing nothing that can survive in there. I mean, it's like the way they make silicon, you know, microchips and stuff now, right? Like CPUs and things, clean uh-huh. rooms and- Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, that's the, that's the reason uh, why these things can survive for millennia. It turns out that because it is so processed- It's called the Twinkie Protocol. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's the Twinkie Protocol. Because they are so processed- like no bacteria even really wants to touch it anyway. Like, yeah, as um, long as they as long as they're kept out of you know the sun and the temperature is 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 uh, controlled and yeah, no bacteria uh, or too much moisture or whatever can get in there, then yes, they'll effectively last forever. Yeah, and so it just turns out that they have the perfect data density. Yes, oh, to they really store do. things very securely. I mean, that cream is a perfect lattice that, that yeah. can actually hold so much data in it. Uh, in fact, the, the, the eclair part isn't actually really required. Functional as such. It's, no, it's the cream. No, it's the cream. Yeah. Um, so it just so happens that like the chocolate coating flavor does with the, the, with uh, the, like the temperature control within of the yeah. cream and that sort of thing. Otherwise it can get very, very hot, but that, that chocolate will actually keep it nice and cool, um, at that, at that refrigerated temperature. Yeah. And so and then the you fa- play. And um, the fact that it's like a shoe pastry compared to like a, um, a different, mm. you know, it, it's got those air pockets and it helps keep, uh, keep all the data safe. Yeah, totally. So anyway, you, you play, play Kevin. No, no, no. <laughs> you play Kevin. He's a security guard. And accidentally, he fell asleep at his desk. Okay. And someone broke in and- Ate all the eclairs. Uh, or just sample. took, a, took like, a sample. Like, took a sample. Just lick, lick, licked the cream off of one. Destroyed the problem the, was- uh, order history of someone's Shopify store. Well, uh, I'm, think- I'm thinking that it was actually um, something really, really secret. Because it was something from like the Pentagon or something like that, right? Uh, and so, therefore, you've got like uh, secret service secret service agents who are coming around trying to trying to figure out what actually happened, and you've got to you've got to you know concoct the story and and <laughs> so you're just trying to cover your own ass, yeah, covering your own ass. So the whole okay, so this is just the backdrop to a, a very. Uh, conversation tree based game of. I'm uh, not, not very conversation tree based. Like you, you're still trying to figure out who actually did this as well. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of uh, Kevin, the, um, the security guard and, uh, this place's greatest detective. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not, it's the origin of Batman. If it, if Batman worked in a, um, worked in a, like, Worked in a declared in a declared data center. Data, data center. <laughs> uh, they call me the Baker. I don't know. Oh, who knows Baker? Kevin Baker. Kevin Baker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they hired him. They mistakenly thought it was a professional. It was Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> they. <laughs> well, no, the bacon-based. So the it turns out that bacon is actually really good for like computing power. Yep. You know, the eclairs work for storage, but, uh, but the bacon is your computer, your compute power. So that's where Kevin Bacon works. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Kevin Baker works with the eclairs. That makes sense. That really does. <laughs> um, it makes perfect sense. It makes 100% sense. The, the, the thing is, like, Kevin Baker is actually the only person on the planet that is eight degrees of separation away from Kevin Baker. <laughs> yeah, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. 
Um, uh, the game and, never and tells you this. It's just something that we as the developers know. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, like, we use it as a bit of a touchstone, a bit of a mantra as we're developing the character. Uh, and, and you know, we have to be very careful who he's allowed to talk to. Um, because if he talks to someone- have to keep that eight degrees of separation. You can only talk to other sevens. Okay, now we're in a world where everybody is ranked <laughs> by their Kevin Bacon number. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have it marked on you at all times because then you can calculate like if you're a seven and you and you talk to a five then now you're a six mm. thing is even though you talk to someone it's only what they were at the time that you talk to them so it's not like oh yeah no you can't yeah it's sort of a cumulative effect or a, a yeah. time because because if if i knew you and then you happened to go across you know, just because you went across to LA to, you know, the podcast movement or whatever, and yeah. you saw Brennan Lee Mulligan, like, right. it doesn't mean that, you know, if you talk to him and he- Who I, he was, I mean, I assume he's a two. He must have met Kevin yeah. Bacon, surely. <laughs> but if he hadn't met Kevin, Kevin Bacon at the time- Oh, wait, but I then guess- he met, No, I guess a two then would he, be- Because Kevin, Kevin Bacon himself is a zero. Yes. Yeah, because so. he's no degrees of separation from himself. Yeah. So, a one is his immediate- Yeah. Yeah. But that's all so, right. say he was a two when you first met Bernie yeah. Mulligan, and then you talked to him, uh, he talked to Kevin afterwards, it, your number doesn't go up. No, it doesn't like, make me a two then. No. Because he would have, been a, he would have become a one. Because you're, you're still, still a three. three. If you talk to him again, then yes, you. it's, uh, only, I, the, it's only the number that okay. it was at the time. <laughs> this is a completely different game, but I'm, I'm liking where we're at. I love <laughs> the idea, though, that this is this is one of these situations where- Everyone, this number is is somehow encoded on us automatically at a genetic level. Yeah. At a gene- yeah, or like, or or at a yeah, it, it's encoded in our body chemistry in some way, and to that, the point that's that how, it like shows up that on, is, our, on your skin. Like that is literally how they found out about the ladder structure of the cream. Like they they looked into our genetic code and then right. they, they got the the closest but thing I, to I love that. The idea that they don't know initially what this number means. Everyone mm-hmm. everyone has this genetic, like, and their, their DNA literally changes when they meet someone with a different number. Um, mm-hmm. But nobody realizes what it is until they, like, they track down the ones, the twos well, and the ones, and then finally it, find Kevin Bacon and that he yes. has a zero. Okay. Like, in this, this world, the, yeah. in this world, Kevin Bacon isn't a celebrity. No. But it's still, it it's all traces back Kevin to Bacon. Him. It's a different Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It's the same one, just in that universe where he never became an actor. But it's still yeah, maybe everyone's I just like trace- the idea that there's another Kevin Bacon out there, and that that's actually the real Bacon number. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon, the actor, is like a four <laughs> in this universe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's that. All we have time for. I don't know, there's no game there, <laughs> but that's funny. Um, yeah, I think that's that's what we that's what we did. That's it. That's the show. Uh, so if you want to find our previous episodes, you can go to podchaser.com/slash/bitstorm. Check them out. We're coming up on 300. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen at 300. We haven't decided yet. Are we going to 
do something big? I don't know. Is it just going to be another uh, episode? Are we going to do a McElroy's and just skip it for a while? Are we just going to skip 300, maybe? Uh, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly on the cards, like to just get everything's on the cards. It's all up in the air. It's all possible. Uh, but check out our previous episodes there and shoot us a review. Let us know what you thought. If you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, that is the song Matt defines all of the album containment Fabia by the band Kuradust. You can find it at kuradust.bandcamp.com. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And oh shit, Trevor, there's a bird at your window. It's a magpie. <gasps> Shit. They sound so awesome, but they just, they're so angry. Oh. Oh.